Welcome to David and David on Real Estate. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of the real estate market. Good morning and welcome to the David and David on Real Estate podcast. We are today with a very special guest on episode number 87. Good morning, Holly. We have Holly Carroll today from the agency and we're really excited to uh, to have you on the podcast today, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, Holly, we got lots to talk to you about. Uh, yes. you, you've got quite an interesting background. We want to hear all about it. We want to know how you got to where you are right now. So, and we want to, and then we really, you know, I, my favorite topic in the world is Muskoka. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> so I've been I've been cottaging up there for about 40 years already. So, um, I, so we're going to get into that big time for sure. Cause we, I love talking about that place. And now it's like, it's nice out. It's, it's cottage season coming up. So we want to get into all that, but let's, let's start with, with, with you and your background and give, tell us your story. Absolutely. Um, I do feel like everything I've done brought me here. You know, everything I have done has shaped me into the realtor that I am today, which is great. I was an international model for 17 years. Um, and then I actually started my real estate course in Los Angeles. And I couldn't get a visa and all that stuff. That's for another podcast. But it ended up sending me back home, kind of kicking and screaming, I'm not going to lie, with a broken heart. And somebody told me at that time that I need to pick up my socks and I should enter into a beauty competition. And I ended up winning. So I got all my confidence back really and just got a purpose again to kind of just, you know, help other people, um, you know, stand up for my country. And so that's kind of how the rain started. And then real estate shortly after, and I started in Toronto, didn't really like it. <laughs> didn't like it at all. I didn't like showing the places. I didn't like how every place kind of looked the same. I didn't particularly feel like I fit in there. And then as soon as I moved to Muskoka, I saw the magic, started selling the magic and started living the magic. And you know, David, the magic. <laughs> Yeah. So are you from Ontario, from Toronto area originally? Yeah, I'm actually from Aurelia, which okay. is sort of the borderline of Muskoka, if anybody doesn't know. Um, it's still very beautiful, but again, it doesn't have that Muskoka sort of style. Right. It's got the convenience of being a little closer to Toronto, yes. but it's but it doesn't have the Muskoka Lakes feel the same way. No. Yeah. And so how old are you at, at this point when you when you do the beauty contest? I was 32. So I was still fairly older. Um, and like I said, I had a modeling background and I started modeling when I was 14, believe it or not. Mm. And I did my first three month contract in Taipei, Taiwan. And I went there by myself. <laughs> Sometimes I look back and I'm like, how did I even have the courage to do that? Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah. What, what, what led you into real estate? You went from modeling to real estate, which is, you know, you don't see that very often. They're two completely different career paths, but you know, where did the love for real estate come from? Totally. I mean, I love people and I truly do love that whole thing. I mean, I, I like being a buyer agent rather than a listing agent, I'm going to say, but um, a lot of people told me that I would be a good real estate agent and I kind of threw um, threw it off for years and years. And I thought, nah, I'm, I'm into this and I know what I'm doing. And I gave it a shot. And as soon as I started dealing with people and having some transactions, I'm like, why didn't I start this a long time ago? <laughs> yeah. And I am glad that my modeling background and marketing background kind of intertwines now because essentially you're marketing yourself, right? And, and modeling is really about marketing. So I know how to market product. So it, it did help. And like I said, at the beginning, all of these things have really shaped me into the realtor that I am today. Yeah. I think it's some of the basic people skills that you probably learned for your modeling career to have a, a self-confidence, to have a self-awareness, 
to interact with other people. Like, like those are all qualities that, like, you know, David can attest this more than, than me, but because I'm just a boring lawyer, <laughs> but, but, but that's what, what, you know, good agents have, they have that yeah. personality to connect to people because you're building yeah. relationships and you got to connect to people. They got to find you interesting. And then they got to find you um, competent, beyond competent, but you, you have to show that you're confident in what you're doing. You're going to take them to the right place. You're going to get an understanding of what their needs are. And it's not about you. It's about really? And you build that relationship. And, and I think probably your background just helped you do that. You're dealing with people all the time. Yeah, I feel like if you trust yourself, if you love yourself, other people will too, right? So that's helpful. And, and passionate, right? I, I, like I watch a lot of your real estate um, reels on, on TikTok and uh, not on TikTok, sorry. I'm not, even, I don't have a TikTok account. But <laughs> and, and I can see, and I can feel the passion you have about Muskoka, right? Like I don't see a lot of agents posting like, you know, their hiking trails and Hey, I went to this waterfalls and I went, you know, and I saw the stars on this trail and I love it. And here's a hidden gem. Like nobody markets like that. Right. But when you, when you really experience Muskoka, the way you portray it, you feel the passion that, that yeah. you have for the area and you're attracted to that, right. You're attracted to positive energy. So I, I think when you kind of approach your career and self-marketing from that point of view, and as a model, you really have to have, you know, those same qualities as well. Right. Cause people need to be attracted to your positive energy, I think. Right. Uh, Absolutely. It, it's much more than looks and, and, you know, dressing nice and making sure your hair is, uh, you know, done up with <laughs> which is something that you know I never do. I just kind of you know, a black shirt every single day, and you know, I'm a I'm a very vanilla type of guy, right? But you know, there's a certain you know aura that has to be around yeah. you that people really get attracted to. So you know, and 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 when I watch your stuff on Instagram, I I feel it, and it's 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 really nice to see that. I think um, you almost have to become a vibrational match physically, internally to your clients. And, you know, I sell luxury real estate in Muskoka, so I can't really wear the same black top every day. <laughs> Not that that's, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I sell the magic of Muskoka. I sell the lifestyle and I live the lifestyle. So, you know, I try to create this emotion when you watch my page or when I have a listing. Like I don't typically take listings that aren't beautiful waterfront listings. Now, it's not that I wouldn't, but I think that because I'm putting that out there, that's what I'm receiving. And because I market it like that and I get so passionate about it, people are like, okay, I, I do see the value of you listing my place, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I love the magic of Muskoka. I keep saying that, but that is the word, right, David? It yeah. really is. I love showing that off and being and are, passionate about it. Are you living up there too? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I have a place in Bala and I also have a place at the Deerhurst Resort. They both overlook the waters and it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. No, a beautiful area. Uh, so just going back to the modeling for a second. So when you want to, you're 32, you, you enter a, a contest. So what was the event? What was the, the contest? It was a Miss Canada contest. It was Miss Canada tourism. Um, and I had to do all the, all the things that you would normally do. So uh, talent and model walk and speeches and interviews. Yeah. And then, you, so you win that and then your reign for a year mm -hmm. and then you're traveling all over Canada with that. Yeah, so I travel over Canada, just, um, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and being the representative of Canada, lots of philanthropy, lots of charity work, which I absolutely love. Anybody that does charity work knows how much you get out of doing it. Right. And it was just absolutely incredible. It, it spearheaded me into actually starting my own company, which is called Finding the Beauty Within. And it's for younger women, the ages of 11 to 18, to just help them with their self-confidence and all the things that they have to go through as a young woman and just to support them. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Helping yeah. generations. So important giving back like that, especially, you know, if, if you've achieved those levels and you have that self-confidence, be able to instill that in the younger generation is, is, is really important. I think grassroots approach to anything 
is, uh, is, is really important. I'm trying to figure out how we can incorporate more grassroots into, you know, yeah. how people become passionate about real estate, right? Um, I, I remember seeing a Monopoly game on the store shelves and it said something like, hey, if you're, you know, ages eight plus or something like that, and you're going to be lucky if you own real estate in Toronto, right? So, you know, I, I think we need to change that perspective. And I think we need yep. to the younger generation realize you know how important it is to to take small steps and you know to think positively about our real estate right so the fact that you're doing the same and you know with with younger uh women is is amazing i think that's really great too to just show other realtors too that it's possible i mean i saw one of the questions about why i'm doing podcasts and that is one of the reasons like i just want everyone to know that they can do anything. I mean, I think we look at a successful realtor and we're like, oof, that I, there's no way. But it's like we all started somewhere as well, right? And you can literally do anything you want if you just put your head down, believe in yourself and take some action, take some inspired action. Yeah. I, uh, I have a, sh a story I wanted to share with everybody. on. Okay. I was uh, doing an offer presentation once uh, a really long time ago and I had a realtor that had a, really big um speech impediment and he was stumbling like like majorly stumbling across the table and I was uh you know I was uh, the listing agent and he brought us an offer and my seller said to me let's give it to that guy and I'm like no, it's not the highest price right but what was incredible is I went back to the brokerage and I checked his statistics and he was an extremely high level producer and I said you know what yeah. good for him for having the courage and the confidence to go out there and to really, you know, not let his speech impediment be a negative, lean on it and make it a positive and build a, a very successful career out of it. And, and ever since then, I'm like, you know what, if a realtor comes to me and says, I can't do it, or I don't know how to do it. I say, you know what, if he can sell real estate and, and become like a, you know, a really high tiered performer, anybody can do it. I totally agree with that. And I think we could all find faults that make us not do it. You know, like when I first started, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, she's a blonde model. Don't take her seriously. And I actually let them sort of believe that. I let myself believe what they were saying. And it's like, no. And now I've actually turned it into my strengths. He's turned that speech impediment into his strengths now. Usually, like, usually. And it, it's such a wonderful story because like sometimes it's really easy to look at somebody that's really successful and say, okay, they have it really easy, right? Yeah. But they don't, nobody sees how hard and what it took to get there. Everybody just sees a snapshot picture. Okay, this person you know, is driving a Maserati, a BMW, uh, he's wearing a Rolex, you know, he's wearing black t-shirts all the time. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and, and nobody really understands what it took to get there, Yeah. right? All the sacrifice, sure. all the hard work, all, all, you know, all, all the late nights, um, you know, uh, it, it takes a lot, right? So it, it's easy to judge a book by its cover, but not really understand what it went into. It took 30 years to write that book. Absolutely. And it's the inner work too. You know, it's the believing in yourself, which means you have to know yourself. So they went through a lot. You, you've got to look at yourself critically and say, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How am I going to be perceived by others? And how do I turn that around? Like, like, you know, for Holly, what you had to overcome, like just something simple, like, you know, I'm blonde and uh, so people aren't going to give me the, you know, I got to, I got to overcome that because there's a prejudice against me. That's my handicap that I have to overcome, like something simple and stupid like that. <laughs> but, you, but you but you recognize it and you say, okay, I've got to show them that I actually know what I'm doing. And yeah. that there's and and that I'm, you know, they have to, have, I have to have confidence in myself so they, they can have confidence in me. And I've got to prove myself. So that was your idea. You know, David's got a guy who got a speech pedal. We all have something yeah. that we have to find out, like, you know, and then what attracts people to use any of us you know, like what are our strengths? Cause you want that to come out. You know, I need my clients to have full confidence that they retain me. We're going to get the result they want at the end of the day. Right. Even if they don't get to, to meet me and they see me virtually half the time, yeah. I don't have yeah. the luxury you guys do in your business. I'm always jealous of real estate because you get to know your clients way yeah. more than I do. We have my we favorite have, part. Yeah. And, Holly, um, I'm going to go a little deeper here. Okay. okay. Um, I'm ready. 
so so my girlfriend's really pretty as well and uh she's a realtor and her biggest fear when she posts on social media is that um you know she gets a lot of um people hitting on her and and writing her messages and 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 advancing themselves on her and i think you know if you're and this goes same for you know really good looking guys and and really good looking girls but i i think you know that's a major issue in in the professionalism of our industry as well right so mm-hmm. um how do you handle that and and what do you say to a realtor that is going through these type of uh, situations on social media um i have some personal stories on this as well um so i can relate to her and i mean I don't even think you have to be that pretty. There's just going to be some douchebags out there. Hopefully yep. I can say that, you know. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is you need to trust your gut. Women have a really good intuition. I think you need to trust that. And even if you're overprotective with it, just trust it. Get somebody to come along with you if you have any doubts. I think that vetting people um, isn't just for their finances. It's for their everything, you know. Um, I mean just jumping off course a little bit. Like I want my clients to be good people. I don't want them to just have a bunch of money. So I want to vet them in all areas of their life, you know, because we really have to spend a lot of time with them. So, you know, if you have, you know, inclined that this person may not be safe, do your history, do your research and just protect yourself at all costs. And if they are serious, it won't matter. If they're not, they'll run for the hills and you just, saved yourself a world of headaches and potentially danger. So you take somebody to your first appointment, like when you meet a client yes. for the first time, you meet them at the office, you meet them or, or you take uh, a buddy with you. It just depends. I mean, I don't always do that. Um, but I, I definitely vet them if I have an intuition. If I'm a little, you know, skeptical, yes, 1000%, I'll bring someone from the office, whether it be another woman or, or a male, chances are it'll be a male. But absolutely, for the first time, I definitely try to meet them with somebody else. I think that's such a good suggestion, because you're right, if the intentions are not, you know, pure, that that person's not gonna, you know, um, ask for another meeting or, or wasting more of your time. Yeah, and yeah, you got to be absolutely. checking out the referral source. Where did the person come from you in the first place? If it was just yep. totally social media contact out of nowhere, you know, you're more skeptical for a period of time. And I imagine, yep. I can only imagine because I've never had this issue personally. <laughs> but I'm just. <laughs> oh, David. <laughs> I'm looking well, forward to the first time it happens. And, you know, when you walk into David's office, he, he has beautiful kids and grandkids and just probably one of the uh-huh. most powerful love stories uh, I, I know. And, you know, I, I, uh, I'm always very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm going to look, I don't want to say jealous, but, you know, I'm, I'm really happy. Ad- for admired. People. Admired. Yes, that's the word. Thank you. All. <laughs> Thank I, you, David. And I'll, I'll tell you something. A lot of my family success with my is because like my kids and now my grandkids have all grown up in Muskoka. Oh, I love it. We have that family time in Muskoka. My in-laws had had a cottage and you still have it in Gravenhurst. And, and my kids, since they were the day they were born, they grew up there. You know, they spent weekends there with their cousins and their aunts and their uncles and their grandparents. And that's their experience. And we're repeating it now you know, with, with their generation now that we have, you know, my grandkids, they love it. Like it, there's, that's why it's, it's, it's magic. It's absolute magic. It is magic. Right. And, and these are memories. We, but everybody I know that has that experience has that yep. type of family relationship. What I'm a, sure you're what building a memories. Segue. What a perfect segue. Into yes. <laughs> Nobody could have gone that any better than it just happened. But I mean, it, it's, you know, that's, that's, you know, family's so important, right? And, uh, and having those bonding experiences are, are, are magical. So, um, you know, that's, that's a great conversation to, to segue into our Muskoka topic. Yeah. Muskoka, there's nothing better than building your memories with your family. And there's something about nature and the water and just the views of Muskoka that just make you feel alive and make your soul sing, you know? And, and because that is a collective sort of feeling, we're all feeling it. Like that story David just said, 
it's, there's plenty of those stories, right? And it's just simple living. You're cooking on the barbecue. You got the bonfire going. It's not a big thing. I mean, the price tag's a bit high, but <laughs> it's not necessarily that much stuff. It's just the, it's just the view and it's the family and it's the water. Well, I always look at it. There's two investments. Yes. The actual, the real estate investment and then there's the time investment. And anybody that owns a cottage property knows you put a lot of time into these properties because there's a lot of upkeep. But you're really investing in your own family and, and your and it your helps. friends that you get to share up there and you run around, you know, like nothing makes me and my wife happier than just getting in the boat and cruising the lake and going visit friends of ours, you know, on 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 the, on the lakes up there and spending time with them. So you're you're investing in in that side of your life too. And you get so much back. Over so time. much back. Yeah, absolutely. And people know that. So, I mean, in terms of real estate, sorry, there's somebody driving by. In terms of real estate, that's why the resale value will always hold a luxury price tag. Like it's not going to go down because, because of that. You know, it's not just a property. It's, it's a full experience. I've been looking at Muskoka cottages for about four years now. Yeah. And I will say that in the four years I've been looking at Muskoka cottages, the prices have doubled um, and they're holding and they're holding really firm and it's yeah. just uh, mind boggling. So my family invested in a cottage in uh, Kawartha Lakes um, on Lake Scugog. Yeah. Um, we'll have you know, that Muskoka magic, you don't have the beautiful granite rocks and, and you know, you don't, you don't have the scenery, but, you know, it, it, it's a stepping stone and I will get yep. into Muskoka one day. Um, but uh, I, I have really good friends are, are on Lake Rizzo and I spend a lot of time up there. And every single time I go to Muskoka, it just, it's, it's hard to replicate that feeling, you know, the yep. boat houses and, 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 you know, the topography and, um, you know, the, the sunset cruises, exploring the boathouses. It, it's by far one of my favorite things to do in the world. Uh, I'm a huge boater. I, I grew up boating. Um, and there's, I, I don't think there's any better boating in the world than, than up in the Muskoka region. I agree. I mean, National Geographic one year coined it top four places to live in the world in the summertime. So it's not just us. <laughs> I use that a lot in my listing presentation. <laughs> You know what? A few years ago, uh, I was lucky enough um, to go to Italy with all my my kids, like you know, my my six adult kids, like three of my mine plus their their spouses. Well, spouses now one got engaged while we were in Rome, oh, and then we were on the Amalfi Coast. Which anybody's been like, it's the most one of the most beautiful places in the world. And we're sitting out there. Actually, our my first grandson was with us too. He was one year old on the trip, and we're sitting there, you know, having a drink overlooking like like the most beautiful place. And I said, you know where all the Italians are right now? They're all in Muskoka. <laughs> <laughs> because it's one of those spots, like just like we want to go there. Like there's people from all over the world that, that really like to go on vacation in Muskoka. Like it's, it's just one of those spots, you know? And I said it half-heartedly, but, but I really believe it. Yeah, it's the Hamptons of the North. Like there's, there's people, there's rich and famous people everywhere here from all around the world. Yep you know, athletes, professional athletes, yep. a lot of Hollywood actors, actresses, you know, up there. Um, it's, it, it's really quite, so do you focus on the, on the three big lakes there, like Muskoka, Rosso, Joseph, or are you, are you dealing with properties on, like there's a million smaller lakes too, that are beautiful too. There's actually 1600 lakes all across Muskoka. <laughs> I do all waterfront properties. When I originally started, I actually specialized in waterfront properties. And I said, I'd go to Kawartha's, Halliburton, and Muskoka, but I quickly found out that that was a lot. Um, it's pretty far, and I ended up, I could only really show a couple properties if I'm driving that far. So I try to focus really in on the Muskoka core, um, but I will go outskirts if I have a client. Um, obviously, the big three are great. They're a bigger price tag, but there was only 40 properties sold last year on Lake Muskoka. That's not sustainable, right? right? And right. a lot more agents. Um, I particularly think there's magic in all. So yes, Lake Muskoka is great. You can get from Lake Muskoka to Joe to Rosso and there's all these restaurants and you know, it's a vibe, but the smaller lakes 
also have that quietness and that serenity and you're not whizzing by with a bunch of boats. So I think that depending on what the client wants, I wouldn't put them on the big three, you know, just depends on what they want. But I, but I do specialize in waterfront. So what's your favorite hidden gem or, or smaller lake or, or, you know, I like that, you know, you would really recommend people to kind of, you know, look at that's under the radar um, yeah. still close to Port Carling, but you know, has, has some of that magic with it. Yeah. So I really like Skeleton Lake because it's got crazy Canadian shield. I'm sure, you know, David, yeah. it's yeah. one of the cleanest lakes here. Yeah. Um, uh, but one of the things that, I, I mean, there's magic to be found everywhere, right? We know this, we've talked about this many times now. Um, but what I really like uh, not in terms of real estate, but just in terms of Muskoka, is there's these Muskoka chairs all across Muskoka Lake, <laughs> and they um, highlight the views. So again, the magic of Muskoka is is the family oriented um, aspect, but also the views, the breathtaking views. So there's 10 chairs all spread out around Lake Muskoka, and I'm gonna be putting them on my social media. It's <laughs> just a little plug um all of them to see uh but yeah i mean i try i try to get up here and see what you feel you know it's a feeling when you go through a listing and when you go down to the property and when you go down to the dock don't count yourself out if it's not on the big three yeah and, and like i said like there's been so little available to buy uh you know and we cruise the lake all the time and you know, we're on Lake Muskoka most of the time we get into Joe once in a while Russell once in a while but mostly Lake Muskoka I know every bay every nook and cranny in that place because we just say okay let's go for a drive and just pick a direction and we just start tracing yeah. the line so we always see what's up for sale what's being built and there's always some action but like last summer it was there was hardly anything you, you weren't seeing signs up very often and then it, and whatever went up just sold in two seconds yeah, there wasn't much. And I mean, there wasn't many buyers either. I mean, everyone kind of went on strike, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's What's amazing when that happens is that, you know, people are not fire selling these properties, right? Yeah. That, that's the most amazing thing is like, you know, the sellers have the aptitude to say, you know what? I'm going to keep my $6 million cottage. I'm not going to, you know, reduce the price to 5 million or to 4 million to, 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 you know, make it a little bit more liquid and, and to cash out. They'd rather say, you know what? I love my card so much that if nobody wants to pay me the price I want, I'm going to hang on to it. And it's only going to go up in value. And, you know, I, I was talking to, you know, my, my billionaire friend that's on Lake uh, Rizzo and, you know, he, he claims that the Chinese money hasn't even come into Muskoka yet. No, nope. and and most people don't realize this. Like, like there's still so much more where these value valuation valuations can go, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of like what these where these values can get. Like Chinese people still haven't even come into Muskoka. They haven't, you know, they're vacationing there in terms of rentals, right? But they haven't mm -hmm. been pulling the trigger and buying these properties. Once the Chinese money figures out this Muskoka magic, <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's, it's yep. going to happen, right? Then where are these values going to go? Well, yeah. And it's funny that you say that because a lot of people are like, wow, these prices are insane, but they're going to go up and they're going to continue to go up, <laughs> yeah, you know, get in now. now. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not going down. That's for sure. Um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's not that far. We have some people that, that aren't cottagers think, oh, you know, it's the drive. You know, how do you like, you know, being in traffic, you know, an hour and a half, two hours to get to your cottage. And they just, they just don't get it. Like I could have, like, I could be door to door in an hour and a half yep, that's you know, it, on, a, on, a, on a reasonable yep. drive, but I've had many three hour drives, like on yeah. a Friday night when I can't get out of the office till five o'clock and I got a, and I eight o'clock, I'm a, and, and you, you know, you don't love it, but, but part of me starts, you know, but when I get there, yeah. all <laughs> worth it, you know, I, I there's going to be a, you know, and this started, you know, years ago when I was going to my to my in-laws place and, and my father-in-law would be calling me like, where are you? How far are you? OK, I'm pouring a <laughs> drink now. I'm making <laughs> the martini now. I said, Don't pour it yet. I still got 45 minutes. Like, you know, not yet, but he's waiting, you know, and then the, I was sometimes the last one there. And but it was always worth it. Some of the yeah. worst drives ever 
it was worth what you're going to. And there's like, how much is that worth? Like it's so much, there's so much value in that. You can't monetize it. Yeah. In terms of real estate prices, um, it gets a little cheaper the more north you go. And because of that statement in itself, people don't want to drive, but it doesn't matter once you get there. So, you know, if there are people listening that are like, I could never afford on the big three, well, let's look a little north and see if you can. You're still going to get the same somewhat magic and family memories. You just got to drive a little bit further. Who cares? And you time it right. You don't come on Friday. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's what I've tried to The fact that I can work virtually yeah. now has really helped that because I can, you know, get up there in good traffic and then set up and work from there. And that's what, you know, so many people I know now are working from up there. Like it's, everybody's discovered there's an ability, if, if you're in the right business, that you can work from there as easy as you can work from Toronto. So you can avoid those, those long drives, um, yeah. you know, more often. But Definitely. even the worst drive is worth it. Like it's, it's never been I a agree. deterrent to me. No. I'm hating both of you guys a little bit right now. <laughs> it's a David Corbin and Holly Carroll conversation. <laughs> right? Because I can't relate to, to, to that conversation, but one day I will. One day I will. Hey, yeah. Scugog's a beautiful lake too. It, it is, is actually. There, there's it really some is. beautiful properties on that. Yep. Yeah. And the location is, is fantastic, right? Because I'm an hour and 15 minutes door to door in any yeah any traffic conditions, right? So just to yeah. rub that into you know, a little bit, David, but you know, it's great. And and I relate to the feeling like, you know, when we get into the car, um, you know, by the time we get to to the cottage, all our issues, all our problems um, are, are out the window. And when you open the door and you step foot on, you know, on, on, on the property, it just, there's, you know, this aura and you're like, okay, I'm, you know, we actually uh, joke that that's our happy place. And um yeah it's amazing how much you relax when you get there. Yeah. You sleep better, which essentially will help you deal with any problems that you have better anyways. I mean, usually it's sleep and, and it's just nature that you need. It's crazy that we just need these simple things and Muskoka has it or any cottage really has that. Yeah. And I love the charm of the, of the various towns, you know, that yeah, you're, like, I'm in Gravener's mostly we're in Bala a lot. We have we have friends in Bala. We're going through. I take my kids when they were little, just just to go to the falls, just to you know, we're on this side, we're on that side. You walk around like all the little restaurants, the ice cream shops. Uh, you know, Bracebridge has has a different charm. It's like the big city in the neighborhood. Yeah, Port Carling is an amazing place. Love Port Carling. Love to walk around there, and you bump into people, and you got the restaurants there and stuff like you know, that that's part of it too. Like you're really out of the big city. And yeah. You, you know, even when you got to go shopping somewhere, it, it's different. You feel, you get that small town friendliness yeah. and everybody's excited to be there. They really are. And I mean, take it even one step further. You can actually boat to most of these cities, which is crazy. So, right. I mean, just being on a boat and then docking and going for lunch and going shopping and going, you know, whatever. It's just such a beautiful Mm -hmm. I uh, I rented a cottage on Mirror Lake, which is just okay. as you're yep. you know motoring into Port Carling off of Lake Muskoka, and um, we got the idea to kayak into Port Carling. So we actually <laughs> kayaked into Port Carling and went to the LCBO and went to a couple of small restaurants, and we're like, oh my god, we gotta we have to kayak back. And there was this couple getting into their boats, and like, well, we'll give you guys a lift. We're like, okay, so we put the kayak on the back of the boat, got into. Uh, this uh, nice centurion um, bow rider with them. And it's like a four minute boat ride back to, to the Kaja we were staying at. But, you know, we got to know this couple and he uh, was a retired um, mattress uh, salesperson, super oh, nice. Wow. And they're like, well, you guys don't have a boat you're renting here. You only have kayaks. Why don't we come pick you guys up in the evening and we'll give you a tour. We've been vacationing on, on Lake Muskoka for 40 years you know, our family owns this island over there. We'll, we'll give you guys a tour. So we're like, great. So they came back actually at seven o'clock that night. Uh, we made a big charcuterie board, like a massive charcuterie board with like cheeses and salami and grapes. Took the charcuterie board, uh, board on this boat. They were shocked and surprised. We took a bottle of wine with us as well. And we had the most amazing sunset cruise. And we still keep in touch with those people to this day. Oh. 
we still message back and forth and you know they're going around and explaining and giving us the history of you know this bay and that bay and this cottage and you know my friends built over here and it was it was the most wonderful experience ever just just to tap into their knowledge and and, and you know they've been there 40 years and uh it, it was to this day I still have goosebumps when I think about that moment and you, they were strangers the day before. Stranger. Like that yeah, is absolutely. so cool. Um, I have a cool story too. There's a there's a one of the lakes that's actually near Gravenhurst, and it was one of my first memories of Muskoka. I went. My friend had a really great cottage there. We all came, and you know, and there was a place that wasn't always open, but you could only get there to boat. And it was basically like a corner store, convenience store, where it had whatever, it had ice cream, it had earrings, it had whatever you want. And it was on an honor roll system, only in Muskoka, I'm telling you. So you just write down what you bought and you put it in. And I thought to myself, then I'm like, how do people not get robbed, right? Like, how does this not get robbed? And my friend said, honestly, Holly, at the end of the year, they actually end up making more because people are just like, thank you so much for the convenience. You can get ice there, you can get whatever. And they end up making more because that's just mm -hmm. how it is here. Everybody gives. I love that. That's, that's funny. There was, I, my kids were little, my, my boys, I took them golfing someplace just off 118. There's a little nine yep. golf Milford Manor or yep. something like that. And it was an honor system there. They had a little box and you put in your, your five bucks or a buck a hole or something like that, whatever you're going to play in an envelope and you leave it there and you go and you go play. And I was, I go, no, this can't be right. I'm like, I'm, I'm, where's the cameras? <laughs> like, like, I didn't want to do it until I found somebody else. I says, is this right? I'm just supposed to leave a few dollars here? Because, and you go, yeah, yeah, no, that's it. It's just honor system. And, and, and you know, the last thing you would do is rip them off because, you know, they're yeah. using a few dollars just to, to cut the grass and maintain yeah. this golf course. But, but that's part of the, the charm of, uh, of being up there. Oh, by the way, David, I can tell you where the OPP usually hang out on the lakes. <laughs> When you're cruising with your bottle of, wine. bottle of wine, I can tell you where to, to you know, where you shouldn't be. Hide under the jacket. Yeah. Sorry if I, if I actually uh, said that on air. It was it was non It was a non-alcoholic bottle of wine, just for reference. Absolutely, just to keep everything legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, anybody who hasn't experienced Muskoka, I. Holly, like how, how can people actually go and, and they rent a cottage? Should they, you know, go to one of the hotels? Like for people who haven't really experienced Muskoka, what, what, what should they do? Well, most of the places are rentable on Airbnb. Yep. I'd get that. I mean, if it's not necessarily in your price range, you can still get something off water. And then just because, I mean, the, like we said, the, all the cities are on water anyways. You can rent a boat for the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd rent with your family and come up and see what it's all about. It's what the magic is about. Most people that come here come straight to me and they want to buy a cottage. <laughs> it's funny because, um, it's starting to get nice here, but, uh, until it gets nice is when people are like, Oh, it, when they come to a rental, they're like, okay, I need a cottage. I can't, I need this in my life forever, but it's almost like they've waited too long. So I try to encourage everybody talk to me now. So we can get you in a cottage by the summer, but nobody ever listens. <laughs> but I would definitely encourage everybody to rent a place with their family, see what the magic is about. Yeah, and some of it, you know, it really depends on their lifestyle too and, and what they like. And and like Holly, you said like the cottage waterfront properties are very limited, especially on yeah. those big lakes and, and um, you know, and, and it might continue that way, but there's a lot of development going on yep. off the water right now. You know, you've got communities like like Muskoka Bay uh, Golf Club and and all the, the construction that's going on there and different types of housing. And some people choose that because part of their life is, yeah, I want to be able to golf. I want to go to the club. And then maybe we keep a boat there and we can launch it at the, at the Muskoka Wharf or we get a boathouse there. So they have access to the water differently. So there's a lot more of that going on right now. Cause a lot, I don't know, you know, like I, I'm in the Gravenhurst area. So I see there's tons of construction going on, you know, like condos, semis, detached homes. And um, so there's a lot of that and, but people still want access to the water somewhere. And, but that's very different than being waterfront. Yeah. Well, and like you said, it's a lot of work 
it can be a lot of work to bring everything up to the cottage, right? So I do see a lot of people that aren't that haven't necessarily owned a cottage or been to a cottage. They love that route where they just go to Muskoka Bay or Deerhurst because everything's still close by. They can still get to experience it, but they kind of just go and it's like a hotel living. Everything's kind of taken care of for them. Right. I, I guess my question is, you know, as Muskoka keeps getting built out and we have more of these condos and more of these houses going in and more people have access to the water, do you lose some of that magic? I mean, possible, possibility. I can't really say no, but I, again, like I said at the beginning, there's a collective energy here so that if you come up here and you don't really feel it, you probably won't stay. And I even have a client right now where he absolutely loves it and his wife doesn't like it. And that's why I'm selling it for them. And he, and she's just not her style. She doesn't like the remoteness. She doesn't like how, you know, quiet it is. And that's their opinion. But there's some people that just won't be able to feel it. And I don't think they'll stick around. I don't think anybody can come in here and change it because there's too many of us that are alive here and we're emanating this energy of, of the magic. <laughs> it's hard to dull that magic. If that makes sense. That was a little a frou-frou answer, but you guys get it, right? No, yes. no, for sure. I completely get it. And, you know, if you don't belong, then then you, you're not going to lay down roots and, and you know, yeah. you're, you're not going to have four generations like, like the Cormans have. Um, you know, lay down roots in Muskoka. That's just not going to be something that you're interested in, right? So, and exactly. and just people that don't belong um, are not going to find themselves there for the long term. So, completely makes sense for sure. Yep. Yeah. And look, and some people look at, you know, cottage living, well, you know, the season is so short. It's just, you know, it's 10, 12 weeks of the year when you got the great weather. But those of us that, that really get it, you try and make it a 12 month thing. Yep. You know, like, like wintertime is magnificent up there you know the the fall you know going for the hikes and the trails in the in the fall weather like is fabulous like the, the as the seasons change up there there's different things you could do and be experiencing so yeah. you just you know but you have to have comfort but we know lots of people that know they go in the summer 10 12 weeks shut it down that's it so when you're doing that it's a lot of work for a very yeah. limited period of time but if you make it a place you can go to year round, right? Like, I, so I, I, I Holly, you you like the trails and doing all that stuff. I do. I love it. There's so many hiking trails here for all levels too. Doesn't necessarily have to be a huge hike, but like I said, it's the views. So all of these hiking trails have views. They have waterfalls. They have places to jump off in the water. It's just a good way to, to have a little bit of exercise, but also you know be in nature. Mm -hmm. So guys, let's get into the technical aspect of Muskoka real estate a little bit. Uh, if you're looking to buy a cottage, right, what considerations should you make? Because I mean, you know, I, I know for, for example, like there has to be a certain frontage to have a boathouse, you know, um, what, what, you know, for, for the people that don't even know what a boathouse is, uh, Muskoka is one of the few places in the world that actually has boathouses underwater and they're kind of like a garage where you keep your with your boat but you know why even bother having a boathouse what's you know what are the benefits you know why have a four slip boathouse how many boats do you need like, <laughs> value there like let's talk about some of these technicalities because there's of course. tons of them you know even the exposure where is it that you know do you get to see the sunsets do you see the Definitely. sunrise you know, how does that impact your living? You know, does, is, you know, like there's a lot that goes into these places, you know, what kind of sewage system do you have? What kind of septic system? Municipal <laughs> water, you know, what, what is your water uh, refill rate? Like, like all these things, you know, matter and they, they have an effect on the quality of life. Right. So let's get into some of the like little technicalities, and, you know, what buyers should really be beware and what should they uh, think about when, when they're starting their Muskoka property search? I think the, the overall answer to that is, is to find a real estate that agent that actually does cottages. Um, it doesn't, I mean, I'm not going to say it has to be a Muskoka agent because there are agents that, that know cottages that aren't in Muskoka. So I'm not going to go ahead and say that, but notice somebody that does know because there are a lot of things that are going to be different that aren't normally for what you've seen 
like you mentioned, the septic. There's septic, there's holding tanks, there's um, municipal water. Those are three different ones that we need to be aware of. Now, when it comes to water frontage, every single lake has different restrictions. Um, so again, find somebody that knows that. Um, generally, the rule of thumb is, is 200 feet, you can actually build something on the water. That's general, that can change. Um, but the reason why we have boathouses is sometimes it's kind of far from, from the, the cottage to the boathouse. So you want to be able to have all your stuff down there too. You want to maybe even have a bar down there. Sometimes they even have living spaces above. I mean, it's just, it's that classy thing that you can do with the boathouse. Um, in terms of exposure, um, most people think Western exposure is the best because I mean, you get the sunset and you probably have sun all day. Um, I am an Eastern exposure lover. Really? That might be because, yes, that might be because I live here. So I think it's different if you live and you vacation because I love waking up to the sunrise, love it. And in my mind, I'd rather have the sun and then it go away sort of in the late afternoon because that's just too much sun, like you're tired. Um, I find Western exposure is sun all day. But again, it just depends on what you're using it for, how long you're going to be there, what your preference is, if you're a morning person, if you're a night person. Northern exposure is the least liked <laughs> um, because generally it's not that much sun. You're getting very little sun. South is good as well. Um, but again, like I said, it's get to know your clients, what you want, because I think a lot of people think I got to be in Lake Muskoka. Yes, I will, I'm on Lake Muskoka. I love Lake Muskoka. David's on Lake Muskoka. We get it. We get the magic of it. But get to know your clients and get to know what they sort of want and work in between those lines because there's so many other beautiful spaces that are being overlooked because they're not on the big three. And, and Holly, what's, why do people have like four boat slips and five boat slips? <laughs> Six boat slips and you know some of these boat houses are grandfathered and you can't get six boat slips anymore and like what 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 is you know why do you need six boat slips in Muskoka? Well you don't <laughs> you don't need that many boat slips. I think that when this all started and Muskoka started it was a lot cheaper and a lot easier to get away with a lot more so why not have six boat slips? Uh, but they're trying to monetize that a little bit more. That's why it's grandfathered in. It cannot be done anymore. David, do you have something to say about that? Yeah, yeah. well, there were some some areas in, in on Lake Muskoka in particular that I'm familiar with. Like there's one area that Holly will know called Millionaire's Row. Mm -hmm. And some of these properties are actually on islands. Mm -hmm. And yeah. because some of these are on islands and they go back so far, people had they needed certain boats to get all their stuff there. Like now that a lot of them have pontoon boats just to get from the marina and bring all their stuff over. Then they've got a ski boat and a lot of them have these antique boats and yep. sometimes more than one, which are more like hobby boats. And they're, they're stunning. Like, you know, and they just cruise around and when the conditions are right. And so sometimes they need an extra couple slips because they're housing those type of toys, right? Or their friends. And then they might have a sailboat or something so they need another slip to keep their sailboat so all of a sudden some of these older properties in particular uh, uh, the had the you know a whole bunch of boat houses and boat slips and they're, and they're magnificent properties they, like, are. they really are and some of these boats like i'm sure holly you've seen a lot of them like they just parade around and and they have different shows in different towns with whenever he shows up with these things and they're they're unbelievable to, to look they're at. Unbelievable. I mean, it, I guess it's like, why would you have a six car garage? It's kind of the same thing. Like right. David said, a lot of people are hobby, hobby fanatics and there's some beautiful boats. So they don't necessarily drive that one all the time. That's not the grocery getter. <laughs> and right. then of course, when their friends and family come to visit, if they do have an island property, they can park that there too. Yeah, yeah, the island properties are, 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 you know, the, the wild factor for me, right? Because um, I, I, we had Teresa um, Maretsky on, on the podcast and she owns an island property. We got into talking a little bit about, you know, the, the, the uh, benefits of island properties and the serenity and the calmness. And, you know, you feel like you're by yourself. I mean, there's, there's a whole different aura, I think, with island properties. For me, island properties scare me a little bit because they're, you know, they're just so secluded and, you know, it's a 40 minute boat ride back to, to the civilization. And, but, you know, I, I see the magic and I think it, you know, if you're yeah. in a 
property like you're really detached from 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 everything right so um totally totally get it and um yeah i mean it, it's something that you have to go out there and experience i think there's also yep. a price benefit to island properties right definitely really? like you're gonna if you're looking for you know to get your foot in on a, yep. on a sometimes that's the way you have to go because you'll save some money by being on on certain islands if you have your own island it's going to be pretty expensive but you're one of the bigger islands that with others but that's the only access you're going to get that yep. property you know a lot less expensive than across the street on 169 totally i love island properties i mean i think the the main reason why it's cheaper is because obviously it's less accessible but it's also only seasonal and i mean maybe in the winter you could take your your um, snowmobile there but there's a lot more that goes into sort of maintaining it as well so but i think they've got magic like you said david they've got magic too <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a different lifestyle yeah I think, on an island you have to be, you have to be organized you have to, <laughs> you have to like reading yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is another say, Holly, you wrote a book. I did. You're an author. Yeah. So tell us about that. So it's called Selling Secrets You Can't Afford to Miss. Um, I made it for my clients, basically, and other realtors. Um, it's a, basically a step-by-step -step on how to sell your house. Now, it's not like I give them the book so they can sell their house because even if I gave somebody all the information, they probably still wouldn't do it. You know, we still have to do, like we said, that inner work and become a realtor. Um, so I give it to them so they know, but I also help them sell their house. Um, it's probably information that most people know, but I think that we've gotten away from traditional real estate and just the basics of real estate. And that's why I wanted to write the book. I am working on a second book called Closing Deals in Heels. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it is more of a personal vulnerable book of my story and some of the things that I went through. And it's more to inspire women in the industry. Well, that's great, good yeah. for you. So when Thank is you. that gonna be out? I can't tell you because it's a bit of a work in progress. It's pretty much done, but I find that I keep growing and learning and then I go back and change it. So until I feel comfortable and, and you know, that I've healed all those wounds, will I release it? <laughs> I'm hoping next year though, in a, in a simple answer. That's so awesome. And Holly, something personal I've, I've learned about you is that you don't drink. Yeah. It's uh, kind of fascinating because it's a, it's a really hot topic item and, um, you know, we had um, another guest speaker at the podcast, James uh, uh, Jones Clark, and you know he uh, he's sober now for I think like three years or, or six years, something like that. But um, you know, huge accomplishment. And you know, in preparing for that podcast, we pulled a whole bunch of statistics, and you know, both David and I, I think we were shocked of how rampant. Um, substance abuse is in our industry, especially for a professional, yeah. right? Um, so hearing that, you know, somebody of your caliber has made that decision not to drink was uh, really inspiring for, for me to hear. So tell us a little bit more about that. I think I heard the voice in my head saying, you need to stop drinking long before I actually stopped drinking. I was always a very passionate, motivated, inspired person. And I was doing all the work, but I was still drinking. And I kept getting inspired to stop, but I realized I couldn't. I actually realized that I couldn't. And I kept trying and I was like, well, I didn't do, I went all week without drinking. So I deserve a drink. And you know, this mind game that I was playing with myself. And just to set the record clear, like I'm not against drinking. Drinking for me just wasn't serving my highest purpose. And it was taking more than it was giving in my account. Um, and so I decided I'm going to stop, even if it's just for a year. Like I'm going to stop and I'm going to take this seriously because I, I am wasting my potential. And there was a lot of other things in my life that were showing up that alcohol was attached to that weren't necessarily good, you know, relationships. And so I thought, okay, I need to take responsibility for my success or lack thereof. I need to take responsibility for myself. And so I stopped drinking January 21st, 2021, but that was just the beginning. 
I actually started doing really deep inner work and I started to know who I really was. You know, I think the drinking kind of numbed all that. And so I really took a deep dive of who I was, not the pageant queen, not the model, not the realtor, like who I really was inside and what gifts I had to give to the world. And I became conscious and I became uber confident because I ended up loving who I was, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I radically forgave myself for anything that had ever happened. And I just took all the hollies and moved forward. And now I help other women get sober and I actually empower them to help other women get sober. I love that. I, I think you know, when I heard that about you, I was that probably that's the one thing that probably impressed me the most. Thank you um getting to know you so uh, I, I think that's so empowering and I think there's so many people that struggle with that inner fight and and I know exactly what you mean about hey I haven't drank for you know a couple of days I, I deserve a drink and um, I think it's really empowering to be able to you know not have that argument with yourself um, and and you know really take over your life and 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 just be the the best version of yourself and help others achieve that same feeling you know I, I think alcohol is is poison right yeah and and listen I you know I still drink I mean I I you know Fair enough. but um, I think just being conscious of, of this issue um is 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 important for for everybody to to really kind of examine and you know ask themselves those important questions i think it's just so important to be self-aware and conscious and it's very hard to do that when you have a substance that's sort of weakening your mind right we all talk about mindset now we all talk about that that's not a hidden thing anymore and it's just it's a bit of a fight it's a lot harder to do when you're hungover. It's a lot harder to do when the negative thoughts are creeping in because of the uh, anti-depression or because of the depression, right? So again, I don't think everyone needs to quit drinking, but there's probably one thing listening to this podcast that you could give up today, whether it's negative thinking, whether it's binge watching TV, whether it's, you know, the people that you surround yourself with. Holly, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am hearing you say this and how inspiring it is. No, I mean it like like really sincerely because it's a tough battle for anybody dealing with something like that. But I'm I'm listening to you on on top of you know where you're living, the lifestyle you're living, cottage country. You know, I talked about how how much I look forward to getting you know my drink when I get up there. It's really <laughs> part of the lifestyle. Now, yeah. you know, it's a little different. You're getting up there for the weekend and you're doing for the weekend. That's different than if it morphs into. Well, you know, the weekends now includes Monday, it includes Tuesday, we're going to get there <laughs> Thursday. And before you know it, it's every night of the week. But I think, you know, you faced a challenge that a lot of people wouldn't to overcome because you're part of that lifestyle. You're invited to someone's cottage and there's, you know, you're not against other people drinking, but it's there in front of you all the time. And you have to have tremendous willpower to say, yeah, I'm great. I'm coming having a, I'm going to have a great time with you. I'm going to have my club soda with lime or whatever you're choosing but i'm not putting any vodka in it right that's yeah. tremendous willpower especially because it's part of the lifestyle the social lifestyle up there and i think that's the reason why it's so predominant in real estate agents because it is the lifestyle it's like i think i got a bottle when i signed up for my first brokerage like welcome to the club and it was like <laughs> that i drank back then but it is the lifestyle i will say that that gets easier. At first, I couldn't even go out. Like I basically hid from the world for three months until I got a handle around it. I couldn't go to a bar. I couldn't go to events. But it gets a little bit easier. Like there's drinks that I like to drink and, I, and my mind doesn't really know the difference, but I don't wake up with a hangover. So I'm still in the social game and I'm cheersing, but it's just mine doesn't have vodka in it. Right. You can yeah. still go to the Kita Bell, enjoy a concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I just feel there? like I have, you go, I there? go there all the time. Yeah. So I have a place three cottages down from the key. Oh, you're right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I just feel like I have a higher purpose that um, I'm not put on this world to drink. I'm not put on this world to help others not drink. <laughs> well, the fact that you're not only looking after yourself, but you're, you're willing to help others you know, from, from the young girls that you're helping to, to people that might, you know, have, a, you know, have a drinking problem or something like that. Like it, like that's unbelievable to give back to the community. And that's part of 
what any successful real estate agent or a successful lawyer would, you know, should be doing and would, and, you know, it's really something to not only look after yourself, but say, okay, I've learned something from this. I can do, I can help others too. I'm, there's no doubt in my mind. That's the reason why I am successful. And it's the reason why I'm sober (laughs) is because I'm helping these other women. No doubt in my mind. I think that if I stopped helping nice and I just kind of let my foot off the gas, I would probably become less successful and I'd probably start drinking again for sure. Well, Holly, uh, we always have guests on here where David and I are like, we need you back for you know, a second, a third, and a fourth uh, podcast. Because, I mean, I feel like there's still so much more to talk yeah. about. Uh, you know, I, you and I also messaged on, on social media and we said that, you know, we're going to take this to Muskoka and we're going to actually go yeah. out and show people. So, uh, you know, we'd love to do that and, and love to, uh, ex- you know, show people and, and help them experience that magic a little bit more. But um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Like it was uh, absolutely incredible. Um, thoroughly enjoyed having you on and, uh, you know, really inspirational, like David said, to hear your story, to hear you overcome adversary. And, um, you know, we we look forward to really big things from you um, in, 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 in the time ahead, for sure. Thank you so much. Holly, Thanks. an absolute pleasure. Thank you look forward to uh, I want to get your first book and then we'll uh, we'll have you back on for sure by the time your second book's out if not sooner we should do it in the summer like when we're in the middle of cottage season we should have a I, I agree I've got a pontoon boat so we can kind of set it up and just coast <laughs> <laughs> that's the best that would be uh that would be something else for sure all right guys thanks so much thank you guys for thanks, joining. Guys. thank you